0: Fiction and reality. New stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment. Hey everybody, it is the Rocket Noob with a new podcast from Little Beth Media called The Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. And we are starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's the Model Rocket Show with Daniel, the Rocket Noob. The podcast that's all about model rockets you fly in a park and fly in motors G-size or smaller. And now, here's your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. Hey everybody, it's the Rocket Noob with The Model Rocket Show at modelrocketshow.com A new podcast from Little Beth Media, and you may know me from The Rocketry Show podcast at TheRocketryShow.com. And uh, we, well, we've got a new podcast. We're branching out. Why are we doing this? Well, a uh, couple reasons. First of all, the Rocketry Show focuses a lot on high power stuff and really advanced rocketry. And there are a lot of people in the hobby who really e- either they're beginners or they're long term rocketeers, and they but they their interest is really model rocketry. There are plenty of people who do high power and low power and uh, you know, we cover a lot of high power stuff and we occasionally dip our toes into the low power model rocketry stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, but they would like a little bit more of that stuff because we got a lot of, we, we do a lot of talk about sort of advanced topics on the rocketry show. Um, but your sort of basics occasionally we, we, we touch on that. And, you know, I think the audience kind of, there's, there's a couple of different audiences and I think we want to Bring something for the model rocket people who uh, who are really into it. And that's kind of why I was brought onto the Rocketry Show in the first place. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But what we're going to cover on this show is everything from uh, build techniques to the history of model rocketry to safety and motors and uh, national events, hopefully. We'll hopefully talk to some manufacturers in the model rocketry business. Uh, and it's just going to be a good time. It's going to be stuff For everybody who does low to mid-power model rocketry, and maybe at some point, if there is some interest, we'll talk about first steps into maybe selecting a kit for your first high-power rocket if you're interested in sort of delving and getting involved in that. But mostly what we're going to be focusing on is the model rocket side of things. Uh, It's going to be something for everybody, and uh, I hope you get a lot out of it. Uh, we'll also take uh, listener questions. If you have any questions, just uh, send us an email, noob at com. So I want to tell you a little bit about myself, a little bit how I got involved in the hobby. Uh, because everyone has a backstory. Everyone has a sort of a, a rocketeer superhero origin story, how they get involved in the hobby. A lot of people, they did it as kids, and... They left it uh, for a while when they got interested in other things as teenagers and came back and became what is known as Born Again Rocketeers or Bars. Um, some people got involved in the hobby as kids and they never quit and they just kept doing it. So they're longtime Rocketeers, old timers. Uh, myself, I didn't get involved in this hobby as a kid. I got involved in this hobby about six years ago when I was 40 and uh, it, it kind of took me totally by surprise. Um I have a little bit of a different, I think, (laughs) origin, a different story from, I think, most people. And that's that I actually got involved in model rocketry through theater, through the arts, um, through being an actor. Uh, So flashback to my childhood. uh, There was one Christmas where I got a... Everything, I got this whole... It was like a themed Christmas that year. Uh, Everything I got, most of the presents I got were... Space and aviation themed because I was kind of into that stuff. You know, I had checked out a bunch of books on space travel from the library, and so I got a plastic model space shuttle that had thousands and thousands of parts. It was a very large Ravel space shuttle. I got uh, a little uh, planetarium that uh, had a light bulb in it. You plug it in, you turn it on, and it showed stars on the ceiling. Uh, I got a really kind of hard to use, not very good telescope. I got some, uh, model airplane stuff, uh, which I played around with a little bit and I got an Estes launch set. It was a silver arrow model rocket launch set. It came with a rocket, came with a launch pad, came with a launch controller, um, did not get any motors or engines for the holidays, but you know, it was an easy to assemble kit and, uh, I was real excited about it. I was excited about all the stuff that I got. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't... Look, people in my family are not good at following instructions. <laughs> I've gotten better at as an adult, but as a kid, I definitely was not... That's the joke in my family is no one reads instructions. So, I first of all, I didn't really know how to put it together because uh, I didn't bother to read the instructions. But I did know that it required some plastic cement. And I know that my F-14 Tomcat model airplane... was a mess. It was just a mess of glue. I didn't know what I was doing. My father didn't really have the skills to help me with modeling or anything like that. And I'm going to guess, based on what I know now, uh, that if I had ever put it together, I probably wouldn't have been allowed to get the motors I needed to fly it. So I kind of played around with the launch controller a little bit and uh, you know, set it aside. And I kept thinking I should build that and I never did. Uh, And I just sort of set it aside and eventually got lost to the winds of time Occasionally, I would think back on it and think, you know, I, I wish I had flown that thing. It would have been, it was a neat present. I should have, should have at least tried to build it and, and, uh, and launch it, but I never did. Anyway, flash forward to several decades later. And I was probably 38, 39 years old in a Target. And I was going up and down the toy aisles. I sometimes like, I used to like to look up and down the toy aisles and see what, what are toys like today? Cause I remember when I was a kid, I, I loved going to toy stores. And uh, they had such cool toys. I grew up in the late '70s, mid, early '80s, and uh, the toys were just awesome. And if you're older than me, maybe you think those toys were not good. And you like the toys from your era, um, but every now and then, I like, sort of check out what's what's there, and maybe I'd find something weird to sort of decorate my apartment with, or something like that, because uh, I'm kind of a weird sensibility like that, and a weird toy is kind of a cool decoration to me. Anyway, so I'm walking up and down the aisles, and Suddenly, I see an Estes Silver Arrow model rocket launch set, the exact same model that my parents had given me when I was a kid for that Christmas. And my first thought was, huh, I didn't know people still did this. Because as you may know, getting in this hobby, it's kind of an underground hobby. Like once you're in it, there's a whole world that you didn't know about before you got involved. Or if you've been in it your whole life, you may not realize how unknown this hobby is outside your circle of rocketeer friends. Um, And, you know, honestly, I thought it was a hobby that had maybe died out in the 80s. I'd never heard of it since then. And I'd never seen anyone flying a model rocket. I had not seen a model rocket in a catalog or a store or you know, anything basically for decades. And I just thought this was a, you know, a Cold War era hobby for children that had kind of died out. Well, at the time, I was an actor in Bloomington, Indiana, working with a company called the Bloomington Playwrights Project. They do new plays. And so we would develop plays. And, and so I was one of their one of their main actors. And the artistic director, Chad, uh, was not just a theater artistic director. He was also like a space flight geek. Like he loved NASA. He loved, I mean, you'd go to his house and he loved three things, rabbits, magic, and space flight. So his pet rabbit had a, a NASA astronaut outfit. I don't really know if he ever dressed the rabbit up as an astronaut, but it did fit. <laughs> he had uh model spacecraft and he had magic books and uh, magic tricks all over the house. Um, kid at heart. Uh, so I immediately texted Chad. I said, Hey, Chad, if I got a model rocket, would you like to fly it with me? And he immediately texted back, yes. Uh, so that was set. But I had other stuff to spend my money on. I wasn't really into rocketry yet. I thought, well, this is fun. Maybe I'll come buy it later or something. Never did. Flash forward a year or two later. And Chad says to me, he he comes and picks me up. He says, Guess what? I've got some model rockets in the trunk. Let's go fly them. So we drove around. First, we kidnapped our friend David. We didn't tell him what we were going to go do, and he was kind of nervous about it. Uh, we said we got a surprise for you. So we went and we went and we drove around looking for a park that was not too close to traffic and was sizable enough. And the first park we went we came to was uh, well, it had a lot of trees. At the time, I didn't think it had too many trees because I had no experience with this. But we had five rockets, and um I spent a couple hours out there launching them uh, and we lost three out of five. We got two of them back. I mean, we lost three out of five after flying them a couple times. So we did get some recoveries in and it was a lot of fun. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should have a, a model rocket my own just in case, in case we ever do it again. Um, and I was looking for something. I went online and I was looking for something that was already pre built because Again, I didn't think of myself as somebody who could make things or build things. Like I've always admired, you know, DIYers and and the makers movement and people who had the skills to put something together and make it look good or make something from scratch or, you know, people who just have skills in assembling things and cutting things out and gluing things together and making them look like they want it to look. That was not me, you know, the idea of painting something. Uh, <laughs> I always wanted to be an artist and I just didn't have the skills. So that's why I became an actor. Um, but anyway, so I, I thought I'd get something pre-made and, uh, and I went on to Amazon.com because I couldn't really, I didn't know where you got these things. Um, and uh, I started looking up model rockets and they had an Estes Der Red Max. And if you're listening to the show, you, you probably know what a Der Red Max is. It's, it's black and red. Uh, it looks like the Red Barons airplane. It's a cool looking rocket. And I thought, that, that's a cool looking rocket. But it wasn't pre-assembled, wasn't pre-painted. You had to build it yourself. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know if I have the skills to do this. So they only had one left. I didn't know if they still made them. So I and we had one left. It was like 18 bucks. And so I sent away for it. And uh it came a couple of days later. And I was so nervous. I took four days carefully, carefully gluing the fins on and putting together. The, I'd never heard of the, like centering rings. I'd never heard that term centering rings before. And, uh, you know, I had to dig out an old X-Acto knife that I had somewhere because I, I, I didn't have any tools. Um, I was working on a kitchen table and I had to put down some newspaper because I didn't have any kind of cutting mat or, you know, a decent ruler. Uh, but I just took, Four days, I put it together and then I spray painted it red. And, uh, then I was very nervous about putting on decals cause I'd never done that before the water slide decals. I was really careful about it and they came out pretty good and they were all, they were straight and I was really happy about that. I ruined a couple of them so it didn't have all of the decals on, but I couldn't really figure out where they were all supposed to go. Um, and it looked pretty good. So then on the anniversary of the moon landing, which was uh, the 45th anniversary that year, we went out and we had a picnic and Chad's girlfriend made some cupcakes that looked like the moon and we just launched a bunch of model rockets. So I had a bunch of, I had several pre-made rockets that I'd picked up and I had my red Max and it was a hot day and we just all went out to this big park we found that had no trees and... So we launched rockets, and I got them all back, and then the kicker was when I launched my de Red Max, and I got real nervous because I'd spent four days on this thing, and I'd never spent four days making something, and I was going to launch it into the air and maybe lose it. but we we did the countdown, we launched it. it flew so awesomely. it was beautiful. It was it was it didn't roll or spin or anything it had a perfect flight, and then it came down on the skull and crossbones parachute. And it landed softly in the grass and it was in great condition. It looked beautiful. And then that was it. I was hooked. And so I became obsessed pretty much immediately after I flew, after I had flown something that I built and I got it back in one piece, I was, I, it it was, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. Like I've had, I've had interests before, you know, like for a couple of months or a year, there was a year I was really, really into the Irish tin whistle. <laughs> Just one of those nerdy passions you get into, and uh, uh, you know, never really got very good at it. So eh, I've I've got my tin whistles right, got them right here in the rocket room, actually, <laughs> but um, but I don't really play them because I'm not good at it. Um, but I built this rocket and. By the standards now, I've gotten much better at uh, making them look nice. So I look at it now and I can see all the flaws, but it, you know, it looked much better than I was expecting. The fins run straight and it flew great. And every time I've flown it, it's flown great. And uh, so then I found out that there was a book. So I got the Kindle edition of the Handbook of Model Rocketry, uh, which I, I didn't, didn't know this was a thing until I got involved in this. And then I found the Rocketry Forum and I started going to hobby stores and finding out that there were actually model rockets and hobby stores. You buy them. So I would buy them and I'd build them. And occasionally Chad and I would go fly them. And as I was building them, I was learning a lot and I was learning a lot fast. I would I went to Chris Michelson's blog, the model rocket building blog, modelrocketbuilding.blogspot.com. Anyway, so I started building these things and I really liked the way they were looking. And I thought, I thought my friend Chad uh, likes this, but he's a very busy guy. He doesn't really have time to devote to craftsmanship. He slaps them together, launches them, loses them. And then several months later, he has time to lose some more. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, erockets.biz, and we'll be right back. erockets.biz. It's your home for unique model rocket kits. They've been in business since 2009. And E-Rockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits, they also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models, many of which you've come to enjoy over the years if you're a, if you're a long-term rocketeer. Now, they also produce the Semrock line of model rockets, and they've got a new model I want to tell you about. It's called the Stellar Aero. Uh, this is a Semrock kit. If you've never built a Semrock kit, they are high-quality parts, just beautifully made models. Now this one... It's very interesting. It was designed as a collaboration by the Right Stuff Rocketeers, which is the section of the National Association of Rocketry to which Randy Bodeway, who owns E-Rockets, belongs. And they do a lot of build nights at E-Rockets. I'm really jealous of those guys because they get to hang out in this cool rocket hobby shop all the time, once a month for their build nights. Uh, And this rocket features, first of all, it's it's about BT-60 size. So it's 1.64 inches in diameter. Uh, That's if you are kind of new to rocketry. It's the same diameter as like a Big Bertha or a Durred Max. Um, It's got three fins, which are laser cut plywood. And these fins look like, how do I describe this? They look like uh, a stylized cutout of the fletching you would see on an arrow, it's called the Stellar Arrow. It's the name of the rocket kit, and the, the, so, the, so they've got these these, uh, these sort of lines cut out of the middle of the fins, and they're really really cool looking. Also features a tapered motor retainer. That means instead of a hook, you get a tapered retainer on the back. That means you got a boat tail on the back or an, a tail cone on the back, uh, which is really cool looking. Also features their screw together body tube coupler. This is something you find with some Semerat kits. Instead of gluing the body tube together uh, with glue and, uh, you know, and paper, you actually have a, a, a screw coupler where you screw the bracket together in the middle, which is really cool. The graphics were designed by Jeff Cotis which is real interesting. If you are also a fan of The Rocketry Show at therocketryshow.com, you may have heard a recent episode we did with Jeff Cotis where we talked about 3D printing for model rocketry and, and high-power rocketry. Well, he, he's he got his fingers in a lot of pies, and he did the graphics for this kit. This is a really nice kit. That's the Semrock Stellar Aero model rocket kit. You can get it at erockets.biz. Check out erockets.biz today to learn more. erockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, buy a train set. All right, we are back now. Where was I? I thought my friend Chad uh, likes this, but he's a very busy guy. He doesn't really have time to devote to craftsmanship. He slaps them together, launches them, loses them. And then several months later, he has time to lose some more. Uh, But, you know, he didn't really have time to sort of delve into this hobby the way I was starting to become obsessed with it. So I thought, well, I really like what I'm doing. I've got to find a place. I started taking pictures. I've got to have a place to put pictures. So I thought, I'll put them online. And so I thought, well, you know, you can start a free blog, right? So I I went to blogger.com and I started a blog. And the first thing I came up with was the, the Rocketeer's Journey. Uh which I thought to myself, ugh, I don't think I would read that. And I'm obsessed. So I deleted that after 24 hours and I was like, I need to have a title for this blog because I want to put pictures up what I'm doing. And it just struck me. I'm a newbie. So I called it the Rocket Noob. Rocketnoob.blogspot.com. The noob is spelled with zeros because that's NetSpeak. That's what, you know, I was making a joke. Uh, and uh, I started writing and I started posting pictures. And uh, very quickly, it became a thing where... um what I was really trying to do, I didn't expect anyone to ever find this blog. Uh, and I, I very quickly decided I just, I just started writing it and I was going to share it on Facebook for my friends to find, hoping that one of them or two of them would maybe see this and go, huh, this is kind of an interesting hobby. He's making stuff. He's learning how to paint things and they look pretty and, and it's challenging, but not hard. And it's kind of fun. And, you know, maybe if I got one or two people to come to see a model rocket launch because that's really what gets people. The first time you go see a model rocket launch, even if you're kind of skeptical of it, it's surprising. You know, they fly really high. They, they're, they're exciting. Even your B and C motors, those can be really exciting. So I kind of just started writing it, hoping to lay out the basics of the things that I'd learned from the handbook of model rocketry and apogee newsletters, which I discovered by then and other sources. And uh you know so I started writing this blog for beginners. Um at one point I had considered doing a podcast cuz I know a lot of comedians, I know a lot of people who do podcasts. It's always something I kind of wanted to do, but I was the only person who was into this and I thought, "Well, what's this going to be? Me talking to myself like I'm doing right now?" <laughs> uh and I just didn't think that I didn't know how to make it interesting. And then I discovered this podcast called The Rocketry Show at therocketryshow.com. I started listening to that. Well, Now, if you've listened to the Rocketry show, especially if you're a beginner, you know that some episodes are, they're kind of, they might be a little over your head. And fortunately, I had become so obsessed that I started reading about all this stuff to do with high power Rocketry. Like I read about dual deployment, I understood how that kind of worked. I was still just building my little Estes kits you know, but but at least I could follow along. But CG and Jim at the time they were they were mostly talking about advanced, high power stuff. And at this point, I had put the Rocket New blog on my signature on the Rocketry Forum, and I was starting to get people looking at it. And then out of the blue, I got this email from CG at the Rocketry Show saying, "Hey, we found your blog. You're interesting. We'd, we'd like to talk to you." And so they were going to interview me, and and you know, because they don't had they didn't have a lot of model rocket stuff for beginners. And so I came on and I recorded an interview. I was very nervous. And then uh, I moved to Boston from Bloomington, Indiana. And then s- some delays happened. And CG was like, yeah, I think we need to re-record that because some things went wrong with it. And it was good because I think I said a few things during the first interview that I, I just, they were so naive at the time that I, I would be embarrassed to have them out there now. <laughs> um, but we recorded another interview and... uh we had good chemistry. And so CG was like, why don't you just be on the show? So here I'd gone from being a guy with an unpaid actor doing some fun theater stuff that I then accidentally discovered this rocketry thing. And then I started reading about it and I started publishing this blog. And then suddenly I'm on this podcast. Kind of mind-blowing. And then I came out to Boston and Bloomington, Indiana has a lot of open parks. And it's pretty easy to go fly some auto rockets if you want to. Boston's a little different. <laughs> There's a lot of built-up areas and there are parks, but I was like, I don't like I don't know people here. Uh, you know, I don't know I don't know what the police are like here. I don't want to go to a park and launch rockets and get in trouble. Um, and so I started looking around and, you know, I read a couple of things where the police in Boston had stopped some people from launching some rockets in a park and you know, I was like, well, I don't know what to do here. So I, I thought, well, I got to look and see if there, there's got to be a club locally. Cause at this point I discovered, oh, there's a national association of rocketry and they have clubs. Maybe it's time for me to join one of those. So I discovered CMASS, which is the central Massachusetts space modeling society. It's a, a section of the national association of rocketry. I went ahead and after a couple of years being involved in the hobby, I joined the association. I started getting the magazine. I thought that was so cool uh, you know, I had a little, a little card with a rocket on it. And, uh, uh, that was really cool. I I had a million dollars in insurance, which was really cool. And so I went to my first launch and I was so nervous. And as I was preparing my rockets, I thought there are, there are other people out there and they're preparing rockets too, just like me. I'm not doing this alone. So then I went to my first launch, uh, in September of that year. And it was the, uh, the fliss kits memorial or fliss kits anniversary launch not memorial they're still around I, you know i saw some high power rockets which i would never seen i'd only read about and there were all these people with their rockets and uh you know of different of different craft levels of craftsmanship i was really nervous i was like my my rockets aren't going to be good looking enough and i got out there and i was like oh no no you don't you don't have to be as good as the best rocket you've seen on the internet you know just build it and Build it and fly it. And uh so my very first one uh was a two-stage scratch build that I had made, and it was my very first scratch build, and uh um and I launched it and it uh drifted away on the wind. I never saw it again. Uh but I had a pretty good day and um you know I was nervous because it's just a little different out here on in New England than it is in the Midwest. It's a little I find a little harder to get to know people sometimes, but you know, you go to a rocketry event, you talk to a few people, and and it's, you know, you you've got friends there. So I talked to the uh, you know, the, the officers running the the table, and eventually I went to dinner with them. And now I'm I'm a member of of CMass. I've been going every time I go to a launch, I always go to dinner with the the core members who, you know, they've become really good friends and uh been on the rocketry show for a number of years. i got to interview astronauts and go to a go to conventions i got to be at narcon last year and see the spacex uh dragon true dragon launch right there in the middle of the night from my parking lot of my hotel it's been a crazy wild ride i was not expecting this at all and most importantly this has become a hobby about which i'm i'm passionate i've learned to make things i've learned i've been able i've been hired a couple of times to teach kids at summer camps to make things. I've seen them go from never having built a rocket to building something that flew and that came back in one piece usually. And they were really proud about it. And it can change lives. The whole reason I, when I once I got into building, doing the Rocket Noob, I was like, I want other people to know about this hobby because it's so exciting. And I've been doing it for now six years I abandoned the tin whistle after a year, along with all the other hobbies and passions that I got into. But the rocketry thing—I have an entire room in our apartment now that's devoted to rockets. I'm sitting there right now. I got dozens of them. I got lots and lots of stuff to build, and it's just the most fun, exciting thing that I've 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 done in a long time. And um, I don't know about you, but I know when I first got involved in this, there was something about this hobby. That just got I just got really excited about it. and I was like I know that I'm just building little model rockets here but something about this feels important this feels like some kind of calling or something and I wasn't expecting to do a podcast I wasn't expecting to get involved in the national association of rocketry and in, in the ways that I have I wasn't expecting to talk to an astronaut I wasn't expecting to teach kids how to build and fly model rockets but something about it felt important and you know it's become a real i mean the, the rocketry community for me those are my closest friends here in massachusetts and i don't see them as often as i would like to but it's become it's, it's it's become really important in my life it's become part of my identity i'm the guy you know among my coworkers and people i know locally i'm the guy who builds rockets and uh and you know if you're interested in building rockets uh, I'll I'll teach you how to do it. I'll show you how to do it. So that's what we're doing with this podcast. We're talking model rockets. And so we're going to do- discuss build techniques. We're going to talk about motors. If you have any questions, you can email me at noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's n 0 b That's how you spell noob. Noob at com, And I'll try and answer it. You- it's a new podcast. You probably got a pretty good shot at getting your questions answered. Um, if you want to record a question on your phone or what have you and email that, um, you know, if it's, a, if it's a good question and the audio is not too bad, maybe we'll put you on the show if you're interested. I hope you like the show. Uh, we got a lot more stuff coming along the way. Um, we have tons of ideas for episodes, so I don't know what the next one's going to be. This is just an introduction. I hope you like it. If you like this podcast, and you know other people who would as well. Please share it with your friends. It's The Model Rocket Show at the themodelrocketshow.com. Please tell a friend about it. If you're a beginning rocketeer who, you know, uh, the, the rocketry show had some topics on it that, I mean, listen, the, here's the thing about The Rocketry Show is there are, I mean, I'm pretty well versed in a lot of aspects of rocketry, but I mostly do low power stuff. Well, there are some episodes where even I'm not totally sure what's going on. And you can tell if you listen to those episodes, because I'm usually quiet for most of the episode. I have to listen to the whole conversation before I have any comments or questions at the very end, because I got nothing to contribute. I don't, I'm, it's, I'm a li- in a little over my head. I do high power rocketry and I, I like all that kind of stuff. But every now and then we have a topic where I'm like, yep, this is uh, this is new territory for me. So yeah, if you like the show and you want to hear more and you want the show to be better, Uh, First of all, tell a friend about it. Secondly, uh, if you got time, just go to your podcasting app or platform and give us a review. That always helps people find the podcast. And if you really want to support the show and you you want to give us a couple of bucks, you can always donate to Patreon. Uh, We don't have a separate one here for the Model Rocket Show, but we are, of course, tied to the Rocketry Show. So if you want to kick a couple of bucks a month to help support the Rocketry Show and the Model Rocket Show, Uh, then just go to patreon.com slash the rocketry show and you'll have access to extras on there. If you, if you become one of our patrons on Patreon, we always appreciate that. That really has made the rocketry show sustainable and better. And uh, we're hoping that it'll make this podcast, the model rocket show, uh, bigger and greater than uh, what it is right now, which is just me sitting in my rocket room Uh, talking to you Uh, whatever you can do to contribute uh, whatever you can do just uh, mostly just share it with your friends and enjoy the show hope you like the show and I'll catch you next time